So today's Pentecost Sunday, it's that culmination of our entire Easter reflection. And it stands on the promise of the resurrection. Gathered in Jerusalem, those disciples, they waited for the advocate. They were filled with hope for that promise that Jesus had made to them. In John's gospel, Jesus told the disciples the one he would send it would be the spirit of truth who would testify on his behalf. And that spirit would prove the world wrong. Prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. That spirit would guide the disciples into truth and lead them. And in that leading, God would be glorified. So on that day when the disciples were gathered, they were filled with hope, filled with hope for that coming of the Advocate. Hope is just an amazing thing. We all probably hope for a number of things. Today, we all hoped it would be sunny and warm so that we could have those picnics outside. I'm glad I got to wear my robe today. <laughs> we hope that someone feels better when they're under the weather. We'll say, I hope you feel better. Sometimes we hope for certain outcomes. I hope this recipe will be good. I hope I get the job. I hope my money lasts until payday. One of my favorite movies is the movie Hope Floats. And in this, this film, this mother and daughter, they've been through a rough time. A divorce has brought these two to live with their grandmother. And of course, you can imagine that would bring about a lot of change. And in one, the mother is consoling the daughter about new beginnings being scary and how endings are usually sad. And the mother says, try to remember that when you find yourself at a new beginning, just give hope a chance to float up, and it will. It's easy to, easy to picture that through tribulations of life, Sometimes we just need to give hope a chance. We just need to give hope a chance to rise above whatever is bringing us down. Hope is built into the Christian experience. And from the beginning, it remains one of the central characteristics of being a Christian. The word hope and its understanding are suggested throughout the Old and the New Testament. Noah hoped that a flood would never come again. John, in his visionary writing in Revelation, he offered time, a hope for a time when God would wipe away every tear, when there would be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain. So today's scripture finds the disciples waiting in hope for that promised advocate. The story of Pentecost, it's one of the best-known Bible stories in the world today. It has special meaning both on a personal level, level and as the church. The disciples, they were gathered that day, as were many in Jerusalem, for the festival of Passover. That festival had two dynamics. One was agricultural, and the other one was a remembrance of the events of Mount Sinai, specifically the gift of the law to Moses. The disciples were gathered, though, in anticipation 
of Jesus' promise for the advocate. They were gathered and waiting and attending to their usual tasks of remembering and offering thanksgiving. As followers of Jesus, they were together waiting and praying. And then there was that sound of a mighty wind that shook the room. Imagine their surprise when a prayer meeting room is just blown open with the wind. But the wind was only a call to get their attention before that vision appeared of the tongues of fire speaking. And that vision, it became pretty peculiar because there were all those signs of foreign speech. Not only was there the gift of speaking in spiritual tongues, but that speech was immediately understood. It was understood by all of them, even if they were unfamiliar with the language spoke. God's spirit on that day, it included all that were gathered there. The disciples, the followers, young women and old men, strangers from across every known region, for all the hope was realized in the wind and the flames. Hope was realized in the speaking of those spiritual tongues. The Gospel of John says that the pain of Jesus' departure is relieved and fulfilled in joy by the coming of the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit that Jesus had promised. He promised that that Spirit would be a teacher, just as he had been. It would bring remembrance to all Jesus had done and taught. In today's reading from John, Jesus speaks even more about the Spirit. The Spirit will bear witness to Jesus, just as the apostles who shared that early earthly life with Jesus. The Spirit will prove wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, and the Spirit will guide the truth into all truth. It'll guide the church into all truth and declare all those things that were to come. Everything that Jesus had spoken and taught is in the Pentecost experience in Acts. One can only imagine the hearts and minds of the disciples in this life-changing experience. We can imagine the disciples' words to Peter after the moment had passed when they looked at him and said, what should we do? That simple question of what should we do, it led to the baptism of almost 3,000 on that day. 3,000 people devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They committed themselves to fellowship and prayer. The disciples who had been waiting in hope, they rose and they responded in spirit-led actions. We too are the people of Pentecost. Through the gospel writers, we have experienced that waiting in hope. We've experienced the surprise of the, of, of the wind and the flames. 
We believe in the Pentecostal experience because we remember today with red banners and red shirts and music all about the Spirit. We remember the rush of the wind and the tongues of the fire and those words spoken. We remember the coming of the Spirit. These verses that we heard today from, from the gospel, they assure us of the gift of the Spirit in the lives of believers in our lives. John Wesley, he wrote, the operation of the Spirit of God is present in the testimony of our own spirit that we are his children. He works in us everything that is good and shines upon his own work, clearly showing what he has done. Wesley's words, written nearly three centuries ago, are relevant for us today. The question asked of John Wesley long ago is relevant in our time, and the question is, are we waiting in in hope, or are we acting in the Spirit? Are we waiting, or are we acting? We are the first fruits of the Spirit. First fruits is a metaphor derived from the requirement that Israelite farmers offered the first of their harvest to God, and it symbolized that their whole harvest belonged to God. We are the first fruits of the Spirit. We have the power of the Spirit in us and through us, and we belong to God. Still, we have to search ourselves for where we're being led. Carl Jung, he writes in many areas, he's a philosopher, a biblical scholar, he says, we are still looking back to the Pentecostal events in a dazed way, instead of looking forward to the goal the Spirit is leading us into. We wait for the Spirit to lead us, like The early church, we wait for the guidance of the Spirit. Listen carefully to these words from Paul on hope. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Think about that one. Things that we hope for that we can see, that's not hope. We need to hope for the unseen, what is to come. Paul in this scripture, he's speaking about our present right here, and he's also speaking about our future. In the present, in the present, the Spirit is with us and among us. Our hope is realized. One pastor writes that hope is when, hope is realized when, in our day, when we see the work of the Spirit claiming an infant at baptism, in the faith of a spouse, in the loss of a loved one. Hope is realized in the building of a house for habitat and humanity. Hope is realized when we assist a stranger Hope is realized when we help when there's a natural disaster. 
Hope is realized when we share grace with one another. Hope is realized in the ability to awaken to a new day. This is when we see the Holy Spirit at work. In hope, we wait for God's final victory and for our final redemption. In this wait, we may find ourselves groaning in spiritual birth. Paul talks about this groaning. Our groaning may be the result of suffering, of pain, but the promised spirit helps us in those times of weakness. God, through the spirit, comes to us, stands with us, and resides with us. The spirit empowers us so that we don't have to resign ourselves to the way it is, but we live in the hope for God's future. The Holy Spirit is indeed the presence of God among us, both now and for what is to come. I close today again with these words by Carl Jung that we heard earlier. We're still looking back to the Pentecost, to the events in a dazed way, instead of looking forward to the goal of the Spirit, to where the Spirit is leading us. On this day, we look back to the Pentecostal events of those gathered who witnessed the rush of the wind, the tongue of the fires, and the wind of the Spirit. We acknowledge what came to fruition on Pentecost. But may we also be in hope for tomorrow, for the where the Spirit leads us in our words, in our action, in our present, and in our witness. May we always follow where the Spirit leads us. Amen.